Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. I'm Devin Kadayama, and you're listening to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. California's reopening means that many of us are excited to get back to live events like concerts and plays and all the arts and culture that makes the Bay Area the Bay Area. But for artists and people working in the scene, the feelings are a little bit more mixed. I think there's the people who are really excited to get back out there and then the people who are saying, let's wait until everyone is vaccinated. Today, the challenges facing independent artists and workers as California reopens. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randadid Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. California is open again, which means that most activities can resume at full capacity. So soon we'll be seeing concerts and plays again. Nastia Voinovskaya is an associate editor for KQED Arts and Culture. Plays, concerts, sporting events, they, they can pretty much pack people in as they like without masks and without checking for COVID tests or vaccines. 
Proof of vaccines is only required for large indoor gatherings of more than 5,000 people. That said, a lot of places are still doing a slower rollout where they still are requiring vaccination. Um, they're doing social distancing or they're, they're focusing on limited capacity events and doing things outside. But it really de depends from venue to venue and event presenter to event presenter. So, so soft openings in some cases, are you actually seeing a lot of events getting planned right now? There are a lot of events coming back, but I would I would say um, I haven't seen anything yet to the full extent of a packed concert hall. I've seen a lot of outdoor shows mm. popping up, like um, Stern Grove Festival returns on the 20th and Healdsburg Jazz Festival, a lot of the beloved Bay Area festivals, but those are outside. And then uh, there are some indoor shows too, but they're, they're tending to still be more limited capacity. Some are um, asking proof of vaccines or negative COVID tests still. So it seems like a lot of the venue owners are trying to be as conscientious as possible. But like I said before, the state's kind of leaving it up to them. How does this moment feel for artists and for people in the Bay Area arts industry? Is it, you know, one-sided or is it mixed? Kind of what's the, what's the mood? I think from the artist standpoint, I know a lot of them are very excited to get back out there again, um, but artists have been out of work for almost a year, and then those that have been sick with COVID or even have had family members die from COVID. So I think, you know, as much optimism as there is, there's still this sense of emerging from a collective trauma. And so I think it's a, it's a mixed bag. As much as it's an optimistic time, there are a lot of challenges too. I've particularly been focusing my reporting on independent venues and concert halls and clubs um, because they've faced some of the biggest challenges during this time. Of course, then there's also the, the many people in smaller roles at venues from the ticket takers to the people who work in bars and kitchens. and. Um, I know that some of them are definitely concerned about being in crowded indoor spaces. At the very least, like masking should absolutely continue, especially in indoor public environments. I just interviewed a few organizers from the Oakland Workers Fund, including Carolina Havlena. They're a collective of artists and food service workers who've been um, basically just taking donations from the public through Venmo and redistributing them to workers that have been impacted by COVID. And they really prioritize the groups hardest hit by the pandemic. So Black, Indigenous, undocumented, people with dependents, people who have been hospitalized or lost family members to COVID. And they've given out grants totaling about $166,000 to over 300 applicants in Oakland. And this is all a volunteer run effort. For some people, I feel like they've experienced the pandemic peripherally or, you know, it's been an inconvenience or a huge change, but it hasn't been something that's deeply impacted, you know, their finances or their health or their families. So through doing this work, they've really seen the inequities of the pandemic firsthand, especially how, um, Latino residents of Alameda County have a lower vaccine rate than the overall population. And then we also know 
that Latino people are overrepresented in kitchens and back of house in bars and restaurants. She and the other organizers at Oakland Workers Fund are advocating that venues and other places of employment pay a living wage and that they they also pay hazard pay on top of that for workers that are going to work in person during the pandemic. And they also want um, workers to be provided with PPE and for social distancing to still be enforced in the workplace. We feel like there's just so much unknown still and uh, to, you know, tell folks they can go unmasked in indoor environments and basically leave up to the business itself whether they want to, you know, require proof of vaccination. We feel like it's incredibly reckless. Are there other concerns that you've heard from people working in the arts and live event spaces? I think COVID and the protests last year forced a reckoning around equity and racial justice in the arts. And I think there are concerns now with venues being so strapped for cash that when they come back, they may just return to doing things the way that they have always done. I can talk all day about um, nepotism. For example, I just spoke with audio engineer Jules Indelicado, and they said that um, in in the live audio and live events industry, white men are really overrepresented. I have been very concerned about the incentive to help your friends first. And right now, because venues may not have enough money to hire back their full teams, um, you know, the people in charge of that stuff may just hire their friends or people who look like them. And that would kind of backslide some of the work that's been done in in equity in the arts. How do we as a culture make it easier for folks not to get trapped in that, holy shit, we need to make money. My five friends that I know are broke. Let me call them first. And how they're usually all people who look like me. Well, let's talk now about the venues because it sounds like a big piece of this is is money. So does reopening the state of California mean that these arts venues are in a good position to survive, especially thinking that, you know, the summer summer's coming up and there's a lot of people who want to get out and kind of go back to live events? Yeah, I think it's actually a really challenging time for small concert halls, clubs, theaters, and performing arts spaces in general because most of them still actually haven't received the emergency relief funding that Congress approved in December 2020. Back in December, Congress passed the Save Our Stages Act, which created the Shuttered Venue Operators Grant. So that grant is supposed to give um, independent venues 45% of their 2019 revenue. So for most, that's a pretty big chunk of money that could be in the hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. But so far as of June 14th, only 62 venues in California have gotten those grants. Um, And that's out of hundreds, if not thousands. In all honesty, you know, independent venues in San Francisco are probably in a worse spot today than they were even just a couple months ago. So I talked to Casey Loudermilk from the San Francisco Venue Coalition, and he's also an organizer with NEVA, which is the National Independent Venue Association, which really made the push for the Save Our Stages Act. And he says he doesn't know of any Bay Area venues yet that have gotten this grant. 
you know, hearing from venues that they don't have enough capital to buy liquor to stock their bars. They don't have enough capital to pay artist deposits. That's kind of what we were hoping this federal money would go to. Basically, a lot of these independent venues are in debt from not having any business during the pandemic. Um, I've talked to some venue owners that say that they turned off their garbage service or they don't have money to stock their bar again with alcohol for customers that are ready to see shows. So I think also without this funding, it's really challenging for them to to comply with some of these safety requests that artists and workers want, like upgrading their ventilation system or providing PPE for everyone. I got to be honest, I haven't heard about this particular grant, at least nearly as much as I've heard about other things like the PPP loans that were given out. So are the local Bay Area arts venues kind of just waiting or what's the holdup? Yeah, they're waiting and then most of them are pretty much just taking on more and more debt. Um, I've talked to multiple venue owners that say that they're now hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. And yeah, they still owe mortgage and rent every month or, you know, they just have a ton of back rent that they're going to have to pay back. Yeah, they, they had to refund a bunch of tickets in the beginning of the pandemic. It's super challenging. And there are also all these like startup costs associated with resuming business. It, it's very challenging for them. The Bay Area independent arts scene has really struggled for a long time, even before the pandemic, right? And, and for a lot of people reopening kind of signals a return to live events and concerts, but what are some of the things that you feel like we should keep in mind as we think about attending these events? Yeah, I I think you're absolutely right. The Bay Area was already a pretty challenging place for independent artists and venues before the pandemic. Running a venue or being an artist often meant not making too much money, so This financial hit has been really hard for a lot of people. It's plunged a lot of people very deep into debt. It's made some people move on to other careers or close their businesses. Um, So I think just when people return to going out as excited as they might be, they, they should be cognizant of supporting the smaller artists in their community not only buying tickets for the big arena shows, but making sure to patronize some of these smaller clubs like Bottom of the Hill, Rickshaw Stop, El Rio, um, places that are independently owned and book local artists. Nastia, thanks a lot for joining us. Thanks so much, Devin. Nastia says despite some of the setbacks along the way, the Small Business Administration has given out more grants recently. Last week, only 16 grants had been received in California, and as of Monday, that number is 62. Meanwhile, San Francisco will distribute $3 million in grants to music and entertainment venues, and the state is waiting on the governor's approval for an additional $150 million. But even with that funding, Nastia says live event spaces will need even more financial help to get back to where they were. Thanks to Nastia Voinovskaya, associate editor for KQED Arts and Culture. This episode was edited and mixed by Erica Cruz Guevara and Alan Montesilio. Shailen Martos is our production assistant. Issa Mendoza writes our Friday newsletter. I'm Devin Kadiyama. That's it from us to you. Talk to you later. 
Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.